listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is Steph Jagger, author of Everything Left to Remember. Steph is a world record-breaking skier whose most recent memoir chronicles her road trip with her mother, who is battling Alzheimer's. They journey through America's national parks, which turns out to be an adventure full of horseback riding, hiking, and tenting out west. This journey explores our understanding of our own identities and relationships when those we love the most no longer remember who they are. Welcome to the show, Steph. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. What a story that you decided to share of the journey with your mom. Yeah, it it is. um, Yeah, it's, it's a... It's a really beautiful, I don't know, it's a very heartfelt story for me and one I did not expect to share. So as, as background for folks, um, my mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in 2015. And she, you know, she was pretty young. She was a young, fit, um, you know, 65-year-old woman, 66-year-old woman. And um, about 10 months after diagnosis, um, she was still in the very early stages of the disease. And I, I asked her if she wanted to take a road trip with me, um, camping, hiking through a, ver- a variety of never a variety of national parks. And um, she said yes, in kind of a confused, like couldn't quite understand what, what she was signing up for. But um, we took that trip. I did not intend to write about it. But as soon as I was on the plane home, she was doing an adult coloring book next to me. And I just was madly typing in the notes app on my phone. And I thought, oh, shoot, this is probably a bigger story. It's yes. just beyond me and my own catharsis. You yes. Know? Yes. Yeah. Did yeah. she ever like camping when she was younger or have any experience yeah. with that? We were we were a very athletic family, but we were mm-hmm. not an outdoorsy family. Okay. And I was mostly driven by my dad. Um, my parents were in a very traditional gender role marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that was mostly driven by my dad. I did have a lot of memories from when I was younger watching my mom in nature really light up and so I just knew this trip even if she wasn't going to remember it I just knew the trip was going to kind of land in her body Mm -hmm. in a very particular way that was full of awe and full of wonder and to me those kind of feelings are worth having even if we don't remember them yes um, her mental body and so I just I, I just thought it would be the perfect thing for her and that she'd really enjoy it have you seen uh, some of the research or the documentary where they have uh, individuals with Alzheimer's listen to music that they used to love and it lights them up? I've not only seen and read and engaged in the research, I've I've seen it firsthand. I mean, yeah. I've I've gone into my to visit my mom. She's so she's still with us and she lives in a care home up in British Columbia. Okay. And I've gone in to visit her and and brought some Beach Boys, you know, pulled up Beach Boys songs on Got my it. phone, which was like her teenage music, right? Yes, yes. And and she just she, it was so cute. She, I was with my dad this particular visit and they stood up and they started to dance, you know, they're high school sweethearts. <laughs> and, and I was watching and she looked at me and she like flicked her eyebrows up and down a couple of times, like hubba hubba, like this, you know, I mean, I mean, what a gift. So yes, absolutely. You know, just because our mental capacity is shifting mm-hmm. does not mean that our energetic capacity, our emotional capacity, like there's a multitude of other bodies that we have 
Yes. And those are still very much alive and, and, and part of this world. And it's, it's a real, that's a really beautiful thing to do art, music, sensory mm-hmm. experiences, play, yes. like those are yes. all really great ways into dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah. I, I'm going to share a quick thing. So my grandmother was in a retirement home and I noticed after she had had hip surgery, like mentally she was slipping. And then I didn't speak to her for a few weeks. Uh, I had just had a baby. And then I call her up and the nurse says, oh, I'm sorry. She's just not communicating. She's not talking. And I said, well, it's her birthday, which fell on Mother's Day. Can you just <sighs> hold the phone to her ear? Yeah. And I said, okay. But you know, no promises. And all I said was, hi, grandma. And she said, hi, sweetie pie. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, I would say just don't give up on. Oh my gosh. Know. Absolutely. Like we have to get creative about what yeah. does, what does our traditional connection, like is our connection based on the fact that we have a shared memory mm-hmm. or is our connection based on something that we're experiencing together in the present moment? You know, like you and I, in this conversation, we don't have shared memories. We've never met before. Right. And that doesn't mean that there can't be connection found in, you know, the kindness of the tone of somebody's voice, or, you know, in the case, in the example that you just gave, the the familiarity, like, I might not be able to name who that is, but the resonance of that voice feels familiar in my body, and boy, yes. does that feel good, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I, I think mm-hmm. I hear that from the care workers that work with my mom, that the more that we come in, and the more she hears our voices, the yes. kind of more content and engaged she is. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, when you were away on this camping trip, did you document it too, like filming little clips or anything? So yeah, I did. Again, I not intending to write about it, but I did. Um, I did have lots of photos, mm-hmm. and I mounted a, a camera on the on the car, and so I have a lot of footage of us just driving, That's you know, cool. and playing music. Similarly, playing music. Yeah and driving and and have a lot of other kind of video footage as well. And, and so it, it is fairly well documented in that way. Yeah. That's beautiful. And then, so how did the process go to, for you writing this book? Well, it was a lot of days of crying. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think first and foremost, first and foremost for me, you know, writing has always been a process that I engage in to um, integrate and digest my own emotional landscape, mental landscape, et cetera. So I think, you know, moving through the first handful of drafts was just a personal and very cathartic experience. And then once I kind of realized, oh, this is a book that might be in the hands of others, then I put on my like more storytelling, writing, crafting hat that, you know, what are the universal themes? What are the mother daughter threads that are going to land? Um, how do I, how do I, you know, nature for me is was like the third character. And I think a lot of the ways that I describe nature in the book is almost like describing like the largest human body, like the way the clouds bruise through the sky, the way, you know, there's there's so much inside of that. And so that was the later parts of the writing was really kind of thinking about um, how do I make this an experience that other people can relate to, seek solace from, yes, um, be moved by, you know, those types of things, yeah. Um. Uh, So I want to back up Uh, your experience with sports. You're a champion skier. Like how did this evolve when you were younger? You know what? This is such a beautiful question. Um, Again, as I said, our family was, was really athletic growing up, not necessarily outdoorsy, but I was on skis, downhill skiing 
uh, when I was three years old, as was, as were all of my siblings, as are all of my nieces and nephews. So um, skiing was a really big component of my life. And when I was in my late twenties, I, I won't get into the whole detail of it. That's my first book. Um, But I ended up doing a trip where I skied around the world. I set the, I broke a record for the most vertical feet skied in a year. So it's really interesting. I've been thinking a lot about this, that, that my experience as an endurance athlete has, was really introduced me to what physical flow states were like, how do I get myself into a state like runner's high, Yes, you know, where, where my abilities as a, as an athlete kind of perfectly match the challenge of the terrain. It's not so hard that I'm being overwhelmed or mm-hmm. scared. It's that I'm bored and, and, and really able to find those flow states. Now, when I look back at that trip, I think, well, that was a training and a moving meditation and a moving flow state for a year. Sure. That was a direct translation for me, much to my delighted surprise as a writer. Like I thought, oh, I can get into a flow state while I'm writing where, yes, this is about my life, but there's also a feeling that I'm kind of channeling a different energy inside of it. And, and I can, you know, hours can go by and I don't even remember what I've written, but it it's all right there. So that's yes. really direct translation. As soon as, you know, as soon as my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and we entered into the landscape that is both acute, ambiguous. Oh, wait, you're frozen. Oh. Okay, wait, you're a little frozen. All right, go ahead. So, um, you there? yeah, Oop, wait a minute. Let me try this. Are you there? Can you, you hear me still? Yeah, I, yeah, I took, I'll edit this out. I took you off the ethernet. I don't know what happened. So you entered uh, into a moment of ambiguity. Go ahead. Yeah. So translating that when my mom was diagnosed and we entered into the landscape of grief that was both acute, ambiguous, and anticipatory, I thought, okay, I don't want to be overwhelmed overwhelmed by this but mm-hmm. I also don't want to deny it and therefore be kind of bored and not look at it like is it possible that I can use these same skills that I used as an endurance athlete as a writer to find flow states to find connection points to find ease and grace and perhaps other things I might not find if I wasn't willing to kind of walk into the grief yes. you know it's really to me the difference between conscious grieving and unconscious despair Mm. And I have found that to be absolutely true. I mean, I've had experiences with my mom. You know, the music example is a beautiful one. If I wasn't willing to be present and walk into the room and be committed to trying to find a place of engagement and connection with her, I would have never seen the face of a 16-year-old version of my mom flicking her eyebrows up and down. And that to me is like, oh, we found some, like we did we time travel? I don't know. You know, it's it's such a beautiful thing. So I do think my experiences as, um, especially as, as, a, as an endurance athlete, which is less about like the bracing and constricting of that we often have with grief mm-hmm. and more about the like a, ability to kind of tap a deeper kind of spiritual resi- uh, resilience. And so yes. that has served me as I've moved through um, what is the endurance event of yes. dementia Alzheimer's and really any, any long-term degenerative disease. I'm sitting here smiling because some people might not have heard of flow state, but you're speaking my language because my work doing this show and other, um, and I have another podcast is really focused on mental health, mental health, resilience. It's so important. I, I, you probably don't know this, but I started this show after I lost a friend of mine at the end of 2010. And, Mm -hmm. and I 
didn't know what flow was, but I knew once I found it that, wow, that that's a mental vacation. And you know who coined the phrase flow state, right? No, I don't. Oh, uh, Mihai Cheek sent me high. And it uh-huh. took me forever to learn how to pronounce his name. Uh-huh. Um, he passed away, I think about a year ago. Um, he was brilliant. And so you can get that flow state from, you know, painting and you talked about sports and, and it's such an important skill. And I feel like listening to your story, finding your flow state early in life helps you stay resilient and handle the emotional ups and downs of what you are experiencing with your mom. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a, a diff for me, I, I'm not sure exactly how, and I won't try to pronounce this wonderful person's name, but, but exactly Mihai. how I would define uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that I would think that I think of flow states is, are, my, are all of my bodies in the same place at the same time? Is my mental body, my emotional body, my physical body, my energetic and spiritual body, like, are they all here with me right now? Mm-hmm. If my physical body is here, but my mental body is is shooting forward to try and solve a problem in the future. And I'm worried about what, you know, what she's going to look like when I walk into the room. If my emotional body is stuck in some past pain, I, those are really hard. A flow state is really hard to find in that place. And so that's one of the biggest tips I always have for people is, and you can do this work in a variety of different ways, but is to get all of our bodies in the same place at the same time. All thriving is being right with time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because when you wrote your book, and I'm a writer as well, when you get into that flow state and later on you go back and read what you wrote, don't you say to yourself, wow, how did I get to that place? Oh, I've had experiences where I've, you know, I'm in different writing groups and craft groups and they'll, you know, read something back and I'll say, oh my gosh, that's such a great edit. Thank you for, you know, doing that for me. They're like, no, you wrote, you wrote, I'm reading what you wrote. I'm like, oh, (laughs) See, don't, you know, don't remember writing that. Yeah. And yes, it is accurate. I mean, there's even words. It's it's quite funny that you say this. There's a lot of words in everything left to remember. I, rem- I, I recall moving through the editorial process and thinking, I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Like, I'm not even sure if I know how to define that word. And I would go and I would look the word up and I'd be like, yeah. that's the perfect word. And that is not in my vocabulary. That's not a word I use all the time. I probably have right. never used like, that where word. Where did that come from? Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, there's a beautiful quote by the singer Brandy Carlisle. Um, and I might mess it up a little bit, but it's something along the lines of mysticism is the most practical thing in the world. The only thing about it is that it's found smack in the middle of grief. Mm. And so if you're if you're able to yeah. kind of walk into those experiences, I mean, I don't know a lot of people when I've asked the question, you know, has anybody had an experience where they've felt maybe a, a loved one who's passed on in the room or they've they have a, a symbol associated with them, like a cardinal or a copper penny or something that mm-hmm. I don't know very many people who are like, yeah, no, that's never happened. You know, so we've got this in us. Yes. And I think my experience has been that it can be a much larger part of our everyday yes. life. If we're willing than, to pay attention. That's right. That's right. If if all of us is in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I've had that happen. I, I've looked, I, all of a sudden I'm thinking about somebody and a butterfly floats by or something, you know, and I feel a little less alone and that that was a gift that that happened. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. I feel like there's such an inherent sense of belonging inside of our flow states, inside of those spaces and times where we're that present, that that's the kind of belonging and connection we are all really 
longing for. And yeah. I feel like it's much more available to us than we, than we know. Also, because it has the ability to lift us up in the most unexpected moments of grief and despair mm -hmm. and uncertainty. Right. And yes. all of a sudden something happens. And, and if you, if you pay attention, that could be like the highlight of your day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I've had lots of conversations with people who come from a, a very, a much more maybe logical or analytical mind. And they're like, you know, but isn't that just in your imagination? And, you know, my response is, I don't, I don't care if it is like it provided me with solace. Yeah. It lifted me up. It helped my sure. day be point. And so if that came from my imagination, bravo imagination. Like, right. I feel like that's such a gift is, you know, when we look forward into the future to be thinking about, um, you know, the capacity of our imagination and, and where we've had failures of imagination that have kept us stuck culturally or in our society. So I, I'm a, I'm a really big believer in, in a lot of that more mystical imaginary i i feel it's a reality i feel i i you know and and it really does stem from to, to go back to your question it really does stem from my early experiences with being able to find those flow states where like time disappears yes yes yeah and everything is subjective we could both be looking at a rainbow and you say wow look at this this is gorgeous and i'm like eh. but through the lens of life you can find these creative moments. And that's, I'm sure what led you to writing and putting the pieces together. And I'm the same way. I mean, I've, in the pandemic, I've written screenplays about being trapped in a garage as a woman who's overwhelmed and stressed and put comedy and emotion to it. Like we wouldn't have films. We wouldn't have beautiful bits of art, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is the nature of, I think why we create is to, not only engage with those kinds of energies, but also to make sense of our world um, yeah. in, cause you know, it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. And so I, I don't know, I, I love all of those ways of engaging with, with ourselves, with the world around us. So without giving too much away, is there anything you want uh, listeners to, you know, know about the book? I think a couple of different things. First and foremost, you know, the topic itself, when you like read the back of the book is like, oof, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, this is a, a book about a, a intense disease. This is a book about a mother daughter relationship, which is full of complexity and um, sometimes wounding for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. What I want people to know is, you know, this is maybe my mother's legacy, like woven into the book is it, it might move you, it might break a few things as you read it, but it also holds you as you do it. Beautiful. I think it's not just kind of a, a doom and gloom. I think it's a, uh, that's, that was my experience of my mother. Like there was experiences in my life that were not easy to digest and she was there to kind of hold and nurture and comfort. And I think that's what the book does. Fantastic. And where can people find out more about the book and you? People can find out the book anywhere books are sold. So I love to support local independent bookstores, but you can also, you know, find the book online, various different places. Libraries um, are amazing. And people can find me. I'm on Instagram at Steph Jagger and I'm on my website at stephjagger.com. And I love, you know, interacting with folks uh, in the world. And I'm, I'm the real person who answers all the DMs and all the emails. <laughs> That's and great. And the book trailer I loved. Oh, the book trailer was such a gift. I, that was a surprise. I, um, it was one of those magical things I had years before when I was writing the book, I had a friend over to shoot photos just for branding mm -hmm. that type of thing. 
And I had no idea she was shooting video while she was at the house. Oh. And while she was there, she asked me to read one of the early pieces of the book. And I, I read it to her. No idea she recorded it. And about six months before the book came out, she sent me this video file and said, here's a gift for you. And I, I, I was flabbergasted. Um, so it was a really, really touching, um, I've got shivers even talking about it, um, that that wasn't like, I didn't think, oh, here's this intentional thing about how I want to sell my book. It was That's just great though, her. because you weren't on, you weren't stressed, anxious, nothing. No, it was just such a gift. So thank you for seeing that. I'll pass that along to her. It's it was um, beautiful. I put uh, it up on the show blog too, which is yeah. getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This was great. I really enjoyed meeting you. Congratulations. Well, Thank you so much for having me on. And, you know, may we both continue to dance in the in the real mystical world. <laughs>